0: The creative side of our brain and the business side of our brain may seem like two separate entities, but they are actually interconnected and complementary. The creative side of our brain can bring fresh and innovative ideas to the table, while the business side of our brain can turn these ideas into practical and profitable solutions. By tapping into both the creative and business side of our brains, we can find a balance between risk-taking and practicality, leading to more success and fulfillment in both our personal and professional lives. I'm Katherine Lane Klein, entrepreneur and creative person. And in this podcast, we will hear success stories from people that are doing exactly that and hopefully giving you ideas of how you can too. Welcome, everyone, to the secret art of business. And my guest today, I'm very excited to have Angela Maleka from Creative Ohio. We're going to really get into what she's doing over there because I think it's super, super important and honestly, quite the whole purpose of this podcast in a nutshell. I think what she, I think she's doing fabulous things in town, in the state. And I want to get to know her more through this podcast. And then we'll inform everybody what you're doing over at Creative Ohio. So your, your history itself, and I'll let you talk in a second, (laughs) the history (laughs) itself of, of you is, you know, started out in journalism, which I love. I love writers for one. And then you've created this path that's kind of led to where you are now. So actually, let's talk a little bit about the purpose of Creative Ohio.
1: Well, Creative Ohio was was originally founded as Ohio Citizens for the Arts in the 1970s, and it was a dedicated group of art patron volunteers who lobbied the state uh, governor and legislature for increased funding for the Ohio Arts Council. And that really maintained its, its constant for 40 years. Um, they did um, hire a lobbyist who was dedicated to that, but really maintained just the same structure of Ohio Citizens for the Arts, the importance of arts um, and culture, and how it uh, builds healthy communities and, and healthy minds and beings. Um, and when I, came on board um, in the late uh, in late 2019 I really wanted to expand on and my passion for a very long time has been on how do we elevate and highlight and build awareness on the impact that creativity or creatives have on all aspects of industries um, our everyday life um, being prosperous and innovative uh, and so I really spent the last 10 years, applying my um, professional experience in storytelling and communication um, coupled with my background in politics um, to really uh, give a platform or give a voice to those who I feel are not um, heard or clearly understood, again, on the impact of of what the arts quote unquote provide, right? It's it's not just a hobby, Um, these are really, um, highly skilled tradespeople who spend thousands of hours honing their craft, um, and and these are viable um, essential workforce that that every industry needs. And it really distills down into creativity. So um, I spend every day communicating what I just communicated to you, um, not only to state leaders, um, both public and private, but um, local um, elected officials, uh, stakeholders, um, and also the sector in itself in helping um, provide tools for which they can advocate for self, um, advocate for the sector and really help, um, build awareness on, on how to be the most innovative, um, community, to be the most innovative corporation, to be the most innovative state, you need to be the most creative in all of those areas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just in an event yesterday where
0: they were talking about, the next most important thing is going to be creative problem solving. I think the world does look to us for ideas. And if we stop ideating and stop, you know, doing creative thinking and creative problem solving, that's like one of our best assets and something that we need to invest in. And I'm so pleased that you're here to help with that mission. And it's one of the things that my company stands for too. And why it was founded is because I have a fine arts degree. I got into marketing because that's where you had to make money if you were an artist. And I still work with a lot of people that have a side hustle, if you will, of being an actor or something else because they that can't sustain them as a career, which I always found really baffling. You know, it's like other people have talents and they can make a career out of it. But why can't people in the arts? And I think a, a lot of it is because it's, it's not taken as serious as some of the other things, even though it's probably one of the most important things that we have, you know, to offer the world. I love, like I, I, like I said before, I loved your journey about how you started as a journalist. Did you do a lot of writing when you were a kid or what did you do for creative inspiration when, or, you know, play when you were a child?
1: That's really interesting. Cause I, I know, um, you had mentioned that earlier and I stopped to think like, I don't know what I did. Um, I, I was an (laughs) avid tennis player. I loved, I loved playing tennis. Um, I remember thinking, you know, I wanted to be a professional tennis player. I thought about being an attorney. I mean, I remember having, um, a real sense of drive at a young age, but I do remember writing. I, I, I'm now being jarred about memories of maybe, um, Oh gosh, fifth, sixth grade, and and creating the school newspaper with a couple of kids, and and putting together, you know, what that school newspaper looks like, or um, not so much drawing, but more of um, imagination play. So there definitely was that aspect of wonder or curiosity, which I think is at the heart of of creativity, and um, it's just been something that's always been within me. I get really excited about, um, learning new things and, and asking questions and, and really wanting to understand more about how things work, um, how people think, how people react and feel. And so, um, I just think that's always been a part of my, of my upbringing and journey. I'm, I'm the youngest of seven. And oh, so, wow. yeah, <laughs> and, um, And so my oldest sibling is nine and a half years older than me. Um, But I remember being called the informer. So I was that kid. Like, do you remember that Mikey cereal commercial, like, have Mikey try it? So I was that that kid, but I was like, have Angela go ask mom and dad X. (laughs) Have her And so it was that was through communication, and and uh, it was it took me a while to see that I was being played, but hey, I think that's (laughs) that's what builds resilience and uh, tenacity. So um, that's always been within me.
0: Um, I'm definitely seeing a path between that and where you are today. Cause you talked about a lot of things like, you know, asking the questions, you know, being tenacious, being competitive, you know, wanting to get the story and, and things like that. So, um, I don't want to fill in those blanks for you, but can you just kind of expand on that journey a little bit? Um, you, like you said, you were the informant or, or the informer as the child. So how did you get from there to here?
1: Yeah, I mean, it really is. um, It it really was in high school, um, loving my government classes. I was on the mock trial uh, team, debate team. So, you know, it always goes back to, I think, language and words and Mm -hmm. communication. And so wanting to then be a reporter, I was given advice in high school um, as an intern at a local television station where someone said, don't major in broadcasting because that's something that you can learn on the job, but major in something that you um, can sink your teeth in and that you build a knowledge on that. And I, I took a poli-sci 101 class at Ohio State my freshman year, and I, I loved it. And it it really um, fell back into my government classes in high school and things like that. So really, it was oh, yeah. it was about um, being part of um, community. How do you shape and help move Um, progress society forward, whether that's through government and laws and elections. And so that really became a focus of mine that I thought was my passion, um, not realizing that underlying, there was always this artistic, um, uh, not calling, I was drawn to artists' work um, in my late teens and early 20s, fascination of quote, original art, you know, I grew up in a family of engineers, and my mother was a f- physical therapist. And, you know, we didn't have original artwork, we didn't go to museums, we we weren't, that, that cultural side was not developed. But as I got older, um, I was fascinated to see just even paintings at the art festival, you know, things like that, mm-hmm. that were just Done where you could see someone's own hand in it. And, uh, it fascinated me because I was not someone, um, born to get up and create something every day. Um, and so I was really drawn and inspired and, um, looked up to those that were really born to physically create something. I now realize, because you you mentioned earlier, you know, people say, I'm not creative. I used to say that all the time. Um, And it wasn't until I had an art gallery, which is, was to support, give a voice to artists um, that someone said, no, you are creative. We're all creative in our own way. Surgeons are creative. You know, I hope, to goodness that those that are doing cancer research are among the most creative individuals that we have. Scientists need to be creative. That and that's all born again out of being curious. And so, yes. um, I was always, as far back as I can remember, I was always curious. Um, again, I always um w- wondered why or how, and it was more about. Um, relationships and interacting than necessarily Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. a technical widget and so it really became into how can I, I really enjoyed honing my voice in telling a story telling someone else's story in a really compelling and um exciting and engaging way and so to be able to now um 25, 30 years after I, you know, started out as a political reporter to be able to apply those skills to an area that I personally was passionate about, which was supporting artists, um, creatives, um, it's really an exciting and um, fulfilling um, position to be in, to to give voice to those that aren't really um, seen or necessarily understood. Yeah. And I, I, I
0: think you pretty much have, again, crystallized the exact reason why I, I want to do this podcast. And and it is, you know, you do have a very strong, you know, logical, you know, competitive side. But then on the other hand, you're tapping into all those feelings and emotions and the curiosity. So it's it's that using every part of your brain that is what's kind of, you know, dragging you a further into this career and, and self-discovery. I have to ask you this next question. Is there anything to do now that still charges up that right side? Do you do creative things? Do you still do, do writing? Do you, even if it's, you know, kind of work related, I'm I'm just kind of curious if you're still, you know, kind of embracing that whole, that whole thing, you kind of touched on some of it already, but like, but the whole curiosity part and, and things. So.
1: Yeah. I, and it's funny that you say this now, I'm, I guess, part of me too, I, I dreamt of being an author and there, there still is, and saying that out loud, I don't think I've ever said that to anyone other than my husband. So saying that out loud, I just kind of got a little grip in my stomach. But I have had <laughs> it back in my mind a little bit about, you know, could I write something? Um, but I do write. I write for work a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I am now tapped in my home to help my children to edit some of their work. Um, I really again, I don't know, it goes back to words, like words fascinate me. Um, how we explain or describe something is really, um, I think, powerful. And I think words aren't necessarily thought of in a way that carry as much power as um, they do. And, and again, you're, you're bringing up a lot of old past things. This is like a great <laughs> therapy session for me. I mean, it's think so about one of this you know <laughs> think about when you're a child growing up and just words that other kids say to you and how, mm-hmm. you know that can that can hurt and 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 what residue that leaves um on a person. Right. And so I really spend time thinking about and listening. I think I think listening is a skill as well. And so I really start out listening. And I think that's where my curiosity base is. Is I'm, I just want to hear and and learn other people's stories or what makes them tick. So it goes back to understanding creatives in a in a more thorough way and what process they go to and what challenges they have. And then um, taking that um, and being able to either communicate or write about that. Um, that's an exercise that I do on a daily basis, constantly distilling. How can I um, best communicate in the most concise and, and clear way um, the impact that an individual creative has or the work that they they apply and how that can again propel all industries and how we need to apply that? Regardless if yes. you are an attorney, a surgeon, a musician, a dancer, a scientist, you know, we need that fundamental basis. Um, of that creative thinking process. I'm hoping that, you know, there. obviously with
0: the pandemic, there were a lot of bad things that happened. But I also think there was a lot of great things that happened. And I'm hoping that one of those is people's appreciation for the arts and writing and things like that, because all of that went away. And I have to tell you that just even trying to entertain yourself on Netflix, some of the programming was horrible because nobody was writing anything good. You couldn't go to a play or the symphony or to the art museum or any of that sort of stuff. And, you know, I personally I missed it a lot. And I'm I'm hoping that people kind of realize, you know, how much a lot of this weaves into everyday life. Even if you're a sports fan, the music that they play in the stadiums and things like that. So there was a person who actually created that and played the instruments or the keyboards or whatever, that creates mood and excitement. And, you know, it I'm hoping that, you know creative people will finally get their day, you know, and it's it's a little more appreciated, which leads me right into um, what you're doing at uh, Creative Ohio. Actually, let me ask you this first. You had mentioned kind of in passing writing a book. Would that be like a fiction book or would it be something based on what you are doing? Like you're... Oh, my gosh. Don't... I mean, <laughs> I can't believe I said that. If you, if you don't know, you can say you don't know. But I was just curious if it was like something that was just totally... You know, made up or based in reality, I guess.
1: It, yeah, no, I think it's more. It would be more based in reality, and it would probably be one of those. If I could tell my younger self something, oh, um, nice. What, what would I? What would I advise? Or what would I say? And so, I think I it's more it. of that type of. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's you know a, a story of a journey and and just more advice or more. Um, more along those lines, you know, what would I tell my younger self? What would I tell a woman who, you know, has ambitions and thinks of wants to be an entrepreneur and do something outside the box? You know, how, mm-hmm. what, what are some things to to look out for both good and bad, you know, pitfalls right. or not. That, so it's a long, it would be I, a long, relying that. on my experience. I love that because I think,
0: you know, people have a lot of issues, even with like imposter syndrome, which we're hearing about a lot too. It's, you know, I don't know if I can do that. And it's like, well, why can't you? And if there's somebody else just saying, you know what, if you just kind of look for the signs and follow the path and here's what I, here's the path I would have told myself or I, or things like that. I I think that could be really a compelling story. So we'll just kind of, we'll wait for that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling you won't let me forget that.
0: I might I may bring it up, but at a certain point, you know, I don't want to pressure you either because people have thrown that at me too. It's like, when are you gonna write the book, Catherine? And I'm like, you know what? I don't know. It's you know, in my head, and until it starts taking a shape, it's it, that's where it's gonna stay, you know. But exactly. you know, I am sure I have one in me. I think a lot of people have a, a good story in them or a good book in them right. but could at least even if it's a small one, you know, <laughs> that people right. could get some thoughts on paper. Um yep. all right. back to um Creative Ohio really quick. Uh What would you ultimately like to have as your legacy there? You know, like you have, you've actually come in and done some pretty awesome things already, which I would like to give you credit for, you know, just finding and working hard for millions of dollars for the arts. So thank you for that. But that's, that's quite a platform to, to start with. So what, what's next or what would your ultimate goal be for this organization?
1: Well, I, you know, and I appreciate that, um, I, I love a challenge, and so it was a challenge. And as as you notice, I don't. And and since Citizens for the Arts has now switched to Creative Ohio, um, I felt really important that we need to take the word arts or artist out of um, the core function because arts still has a connotation of uh, a hobby or something extra, mm-hmm. a nice. Um, it's not a necessity. It's just like, oh, it's great. Or just being um, rich or something like that, you know? Absolutely. Um, I was told during um the height of the pandemic when I was fighting for funding is, you know, the arts are for um, rich, older, you know, affluent people. And when I hear that, it's like, I can't believe there's still that belief. And why is that? And I think that not that I think, I know that we've, we have, when we've engaged or we have exposed, quote, the arts, what we normally do when we bring stakeholders to show them the sector, we bring them to the Mm -hmm. opening of. The Nutcracker, or the Black Tie Gala, or Hamilton, or those things. We what we don't do is we don't show the individual, right? And so I use this analogy. You know, when when Honda wants a tax incentive from the state, they don't take the governor to the Honda dealership and say, "Look at the twenty three Civic, isn't it beautiful?" I equate that to bringing that opening of the ballet, right? It's the finished, beautiful product. What Honda does is they take the governor to the assembly plant floor and say it takes these many Ohioans to build one car. So what my drive and legacy would be is that we flip how we talk about and how we show quote the arts. It's it's about creatives. It's about the sewers and the set builders and the lighting Mm -hmm. techs, the sound engineers. It's a, I mean we are a highly skilled trades workforce that supports manufacturing. When you talk about STEM. Um, and that's all we hear is STEM. That's so transactional that mm-hmm. there's so much technology in the arts and creative sector that we haven't, we don't apply those same workforce development opportunities. Um, we don't expose um, underserved or others into. And again, it's all about training. You said earlier about how do you teach? You're not taught to be creative. I really do think that. At an early age, when play is encouraged, that's that's that whole process. We don't continue in the workforce um, allow for that space of mental play. But think about when you have those ideas of a book, or when you're thinking about, you know, if you're an attorney, and I'm just making this up, you know, how do you defend this case? Or I've got this project ahead of me. Most times, that innovative or creative thought comes while we're doing a mindless another activity and our mind yes. is just working in the background. Right. And that's yep. the creative process and artists. Um, it's interesting. I-, I read a quote recently that says art isn't an object. It's a, st- it's a way of thinking. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And that's really, that's really where I want to take that thought process where so legacy, my, what gives gets me up every morning and drives me is I want to live in a world where creatives are valued for their economic, the economic output or the economic drive that they provide. I want to live in a world where creatives are viewed as essential. I want to live in a world where creatives are validated as a necessary workforce Mm -hmm. And again, it's creatives. You can be a creative scientist, a creative attorney, a creative surgeon, a creative automotive engineer. You can, that's, you need that basis. Again, I think it's the, the gentleman that founded Kodak said, you know, um, innovation is at the intersection of technology and creativity. When you think about the industrial revolution and we were a leader in that in Ohio and, and many want us to get back to being a leader of of innovation. Well, you needed to have creativity you know the Wright brothers needed to think about getting something off the ground and the light bulb and all of those things that uh, we were known for to be leaders it all stemmed from curiosity, creativity that led to invention, which yeah. is innovation and so, I think that's, I think that is what drives, and, and if I could change that thought process of artists are viewed as creatives that are an essential part of of every industry and every community.
0: Well, I agree 100%. And you actually um, spotted off some great quotes there that I'm hoping to get on a t-shirt <laughs> because... <laughs> I think we need to make this more of a mainstream sort of thinking, and you know, you know, make it fashionable too, and absolutely endorse everything that you said. I I do think that we need to elevate that our creative minds, and just and when you again the people especially that say they're not creative, how life changing that's going to be for them when they really do start tapping into that and thinking about rather than a STEM mindset, which is you know, may have just one answer. But if you open up that right side and think creatively and innovatively, there there's, you know, millions of answers to problems that you're trying to solve on an everyday basis. So thank you so much and, and, for just go ahead.
1: You no, know, I was saying one thing that really, again, has helped propel the thinking is we look at locally, um, you know, Battelle, uh, world renowned research Business conglomerate, mm-hmm. you know, doing tons of innovative things. Partnered with Ohio State University and opened a STEM high school 20 years ago, Um and it was all to prepare the future to get ready to enter STEM degrees um, in college. And last summer, I heard someone from Battelle when they were speaking said, that, you know, after being in the STEM school business for 20 years, they don't think of STEM as science, technology, engineering, and math only because they've learned that if you stick a student in front of a computer and teach them coding, all they're learning is coding, right? Right. There's that there's where that's transactional, um, dialogue is. So they now refer to STEM as strategies to engage minds. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And so what do creatives do every day? They employ strategies to engage minds so it doesn't yes. mean that you have to end up being a dancer or a musician or you know an artist but by by practicing that creative <clears throat> the right side of your brain as you said practicing that learning how that manifests and functions that can then be applied to the intels of the world and the electric Mm -hmm. cars, all of these different innovative approaches that, that we look to as a state and as a nation to be competitive, you know, globally. And so that's, that's the initiative and that's really where I come from is to it, it. It's we're not in a box. We are, we are woven. We creatives are woven in every fabric of society and, um, there needs to be greater investment and understanding in that.
0: I I love it. We could probably just end on that because everything you said is just so incredibly powerful and on point to um I think the audience and to to my beliefs personally. So I am so glad that you agreed to do this because this has this has elevated me <laughs> into, you know, keeping up the fight for more recognition and um, appreciation for people that just can think differently. One of the examples I love to use is when people are um, not really sure about this whole process. I'm like, just think about the iPhone or the iPad, for example. I mean, you could have all that technology available in many different forms. Everybody has created, you know, some form of that. But there's just something about getting either of those products that the packaging, the feel, the look, that really is, I mean, that's the the right side, creating something for your right side of the brain. And logically it works and logically you can get any phone. You can get any iPad or Kindle or whatever, but there are certain ones that just resonate with people and that they're definitely, like I said, in everybody's pocket. Um, because that's, they, people just feel better when they have
1: them. <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred percent. And so one thing I'll end here is, um, I can't tell you how many times I go, speak um, at colleges or go to different events and people will come up to me and introduce themselves like, well, I'm just an artist. How many times? I I mean, that's just right. It's like, I'm just an artist. No, you're part in in Ohio. You're part of a $55 billion economic engine that employs 330,000 that rivals many industries. And so I say, no, you're part of a really strong, powerful, essential industry. That's that's where i would like to to drive that conversation and if there's one thing that i can get that is to get artists creatives to embrace and be and 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 be bold about you know i am an artist and and um you're not just you you are essential right. and critical for every aspect of community
0: awesome angela thank you so much i appreciate your time today and, you know, people can definitely look more, look up more into um, Creative Ohio and maybe see how they can help with this mission. And um, you are the executive director, which I should have mentioned. I will put it, that in the description as well as the link to Creative Ohio. But thank you again so much. I appreciate your time today. Thanks, Catherine. It's great always to talk with you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. The Secret Art of Business is supported by Portfolio Creative. Portfolio Creative is a recruiting and staffing company specializing in finding marketing talent. Go to PortfolioCreative.com to get started in finding your next marketing person or your next job. We are experts. We are creative. We are good humans. Please subscribe or follow this podcast to get the latest episodes. And let me know if there's someone you think of that would be a great guest on the show. Here we can
1: build a community that believes creativity and drive can work together.